I'm David W. Berner, and this is The Writer's Shed. Well, happy holidays, everybody. We are in the middle of December now. Snowflakes in Chicago today. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the season, right? A cool show for you today. I'm really uh, intrigued by this. We're going to talk about fantasy and song, if you will. Uh, but before, uh, uh, one thing I want to get uh, straight out to everybody. I-, I wanted to alert you to a new project that I'm going going to put up there in January. It's a serialized novel on the platform known as Substack. You may be familiar with that. Each week, a chapter for you. It's a new yet kind of an old way to get your work out there, serializing a novel. And the uh, podcast episode prior to this one, we spoke with uh, L. Griffin, who is uh, serializing a novel on Substack and maybe others. And uh, have admittedly, uh, I've admittedly followed her lead on this one, as uh, many others have too at Substack. So it's a, it's a fun way to get your work out there, uh, and it's a good way for readers to have a chance to uh, not only read each chapter as we go along and to kind of do it together, but um, to interact too with me and the story itself. So I appreciate that. The novel is entitled Rainbow Man. It's about a grieving widower uh, from Pennsylvania who goes to Spain to kind of reinvent his life and to uh, get past the grief. And he meets a young woman who has a counterculture past. Uh, the two get entangled in that, and the story, of course, goes from there. Rainbow Man. So it begins in January. You can sign up for the first chapters free. It's only $5 a month afterward after that, and you don't have to sign up for that $5 uh, payment just yet. You can wait until you read the chapters and see whether you like it. Rainbow Man starts in January at Substack. So now to Charlie and Holmberg. Charlie and Holmberg. Uh, her book is latest book is called Star Mother. She's a multi-platform creator. That's what I kind of like to call her. She's she's a great fantasy writer. She has uh, uh, had some best-selling stuff out there. Wall Street Journal uh, loves her. Uh, Amazon charts uh, show her as a bestseller. Uh, of fantasy and uh, romance fiction. She's published in 20 languages. She does a very good job in this genre, but she's also stretched herself a bit, too, in terms of her creative uh, juices here, if you will. Charlie lives in Salt Lake City. She plays the ukulele, and she has at least one cat that I know of who walked across our Zoom meeting. So, Charlie, thank you so much for uh, for getting together. We had some back and forth trying to find a good time, and this is a good time, apparently. So, it's nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, let's talk a little bit about the whole fantasy genre. First of all, you're you're a bestseller. You're, you've been acknowledged as, as doing some wonderful things in this genre, if you want to call it that. So, over the last, what is it, maybe 10 years or so, ever since, I guess, maybe Harry Potter came around, I'm not really sure, but the whole fantasy genre has just just taken off. Um, and that's not only for like, you know, middle grade readers, but it's adults. It's everybody. Why do you think that's true? You know, I think I think it's two things. I think first is that the stigma of fantasy is kind of going away because it used to be like, oh, if you read comic books and if you are play D&D, like you're a nerd. But now right. we have like the Marvel movies and everything coming out and being like vastly popular and all that stuff. So I think the stigma is going away. And I think people are just looking for more exciting things to read. 
I mean, the reason I write fantasy is because I want to write about things that I can't experience in real life. And I think that's one of the reasons people are starting to turn to speculative fiction, period, is because it's just it's more exciting than what you're going to see in your day to day or even on your TikToks, you know? Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting about it is that, you know, when when I was growing up and I'm significantly older than you, when I was growing up, you know, the fantasy of, of me was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. You know, that that would have been my fantasy genre, right? That would have been the thing that I was really into. And I was into that. I kind of lost that uh, excitement about that genre after a time. But then I see my sons and my daughter-in-law and other people and even adults that I know who are just over the top. And is it more, you think, escapism or is it more fantasy allows us to have more twists and turns that we wouldn't have in a normal world, if you know what I mean. You know, I don't think that there's like a right solid answer to it. Cause I do know a lot of people love reading for escapism, but I, I think it's just, like I said, it's just like being able to experience those things that you wouldn't be able to experience otherwise. It's like, I'm not going to be able to ride a dragon anytime soon, you know, but I can read Dragon Riders of Pern and, and yeah, like experience yeah. those things. It's just, it's so other that, you know, like it's kind of safer to read a Brandon Sanderson novel than it is to jump out of a plane, so to speak, you know? <laughs> so I kind of yeah. get that that excitement and that high and that other thing. So tell me a little bit about, about Star Mother. So this is that's the latest, uh, mm-hmm. right? So tell me, tell me about Star Mother. What is it about? What would we expect from that? So Star Mother is a high fantasy. So it's an other world fantasy that has a lot of God lore revolving around celestial bodies. And the idea there is that the stars are the batteries of the universe, but they can only be born from the sun God and a mortal mother. But it's always fatal for the mother until one day it's not, and she lives. And it's the story about like, why did she live? What happens to her afterwards? And she gets misplaced in time as well by 700 years and her trying to find her place in her family as well. Wow. So it's not only fantasy, but it's really a woman centric piece, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. definitely has strong themes of womanhood and motherhood. Yeah. So what, where did this come from? Where did the story come from for you? I, you know, I'm always interested in where the, the germ was seeded, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually really funny. So it came from a bookmark for another book. <laughs> really? So um, there's this book. I got a bookmark at a convention and it was for Kimberly Loth's uh, God of the Sun. And it's funny. If you look it up now, she's changed the cover. So you can't see the original cover, but there was the original cover. And all that was, was as a woman turned away from the camera with the the title God of the Sun written over, over her. And I don't know what it was, something about seeing that just sparked this idea in my head. And the first two lines of the book, which were something like, I thought making love to the son would be the most painful experience I'd, I'd ever have, but giving birth to his child was far worse. For some reason, that just popped into my head seeing this book cover. And I thought, I have to tell this story. I want to know who this person is. I want to know how she got in the situation. And that's how Star Mother was born. Wow. So I, I love that. I love to hear how stories, you know, are our first... Uh, uh, the, the first little, you know, leaf coming ab- above the ground. Uh, but I, you know, from someone, I don't write fantasy, but I know people who do, and obviously you do. So I, I find it really interesting where the stories come from, because mm-hmm. they are, you know, not happening around us. You know, you always hear the old adage about write what you know. Well, 
you don't know about flying gypsies. You know what I mean? So yeah. what, what, how, where does that come from? Where does that imagination come from? Oh God, I wish I knew. <laughs> it's crazy in here. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I've always, I've always loved the fantastical, I think, but it's just asking a lot of what if questions and, you know, from a young age thinking, wouldn't it be cool if I had superpowers or wouldn't it be cool, you know, if, like, I mean, I started loving fantasy because I watched um, Japanese anime, right? Okay, <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Super right. nerdy, but it's like, oh, I want to be in this cool, like, fantastic story. Like, what if I was a cat person? Or, which is funny because my cat is climbing on me right now. Mm. Uh, you know? And so it's hard to know, like, where the the foundation of it really comes from. I've just always had an affinity for something like that. And now it really is just anything and everything around me. Like I wrote a book once because I was scraping ice off my windshield and thought my hands are really cold. It would suck to feel like this all the time. And so I wrote a book on it, you know, just like anything and everything. It's just always like going through my head and, and it's always fantasy. Cause like I said, fantasy is just more exciting than other genres to, in my opinion. Do you, do you think that that's true for you as a creative person that you just, your mind is always going. It's like, they always say, if you're not writing, you're thinking about writing, yeah. you know, is that, is absolutely. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's always like, are you in Bookland? Can I talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love that. Are you in Bookland? Wow. Um, so t t tell me about your, your whole backlog of books, though. You've got a lot of stories that relate to this. And, you know, you're, you're relatively young, if I can say. I mean, I don't know what yeah. that means. But when did you start doing this? When did it become a published work? My debut novel came out in 2014. And so I also have a publisher who publishes more quickly than most traditional publishers do. So I've been able to do about two books a year. There was one year I did three. Wow. So, wow. yeah, I started writing when I was 13. I started taking it seriously when I was about 18. And I got my agent when I was 25, I think. And I was 26 when my book came out, my first book came out. So, yeah, in the first series, it was the Paper Magician series. It tends to be the one that I'm the most well-known for. Right. And it's an alternate Edwardian England where people do magic with man-made materials. So paper, metal alloys, rubber, glass, stuff like that. Okay. But, you know, you started young. You started writing young. Was your head as imaginative and mixed up when you were 13 as it is now? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> maybe, even like, worse, maybe it was worse then than it is now. Who knows? Yeah, was, I wrote some weird fan fiction. That's <laughs> uh, all right. That's rookie leagues. So the, all, the other thing why I asked you to be here today is not only just to talk about the whole fantasy idea, and certainly you are steeped in it, but also the idea of mixing the creative juices different ways. You wrote a song for this book for Star Mother, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have a little bit of a music background. First of all, tell me why you did that. Why do you think that was a cool thing to do? You know, I, I was really into songwriting as a teenager and in my college years. And I just, around the time I got married, actually, I just stopped doing it. Mm. And then it was actually a few books ago. I had a <clears throat> novel called The Will in the Wilds that I was just thinking around on the piano and I wrote a song for it and it kind of got me right back into it. So I, funny enough, I actually, I tend to write more like pop music <laughs> mm -hmm. now, but I was just thinking about star mother and in star mother, there is a song because one of the things the women are promised when they offer themselves up for sacrifice is that their name will be remembered in song. So mm -hmm. there's just a simple eight line song that I put in there. I didn't think too much about it, 
But after the fact, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I actually made this a song? Because it's like I have a studio, I have a producer, I have the means to do that if I if I wanted to. And so I thought, why not? And I started digging around with it and I and I came up with it. And it's like my first folk song now because it has kind of a folky vibe. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we want to take a minute to listen to that now, too. So could you talk us up to what the, the, the name of the song and uh, and what we're about to hear? Yeah, so the song is called Song of Saris because Saris' song has too many S's in it. That's <laughs> so a, the Song of oh, Saris. Um, the yeah. singer is Casey Nicholson. She's actually my producer's wife. And it's a pretty short song. It's only about a minute and a half long. But the idea is that it's it's a solo singer, but with a choral background. And it's the song that her that Saris's village still sings about her seven years after seven hundred years after she leaves. Okay, let's let's listen to it. and fun um, to link to the book like this. Is this something you're going to do as a sort of process now as you move forward with other work? You know, I definitely think it will come in and out of my writing. I think there'll be some books where I want to write music for them and there'll be some where I don't. It kind of just depends on where the spark lies, but I definitely think this will be repeated in the future at some point. Okay. So help me out with some people who might be willing to, to write uh, may be interested in writing fantasy, um, not only because it's a great seller these days and people have great interest and there's a marketplace for it, but it's in their it's in their blood, sort of like for you. What would you tell people to do? How would you tell people who are writing already? How would they find themselves in that fantasy land where they could present some story of that genre? You know, uh, first thing, this is the, the really obvious thing is make sure you're reading in the genre so you can see like what's done and what's overdone and like where where the genre is going. A big thing I would tell them is don't be afraid to think outside the box. Like don't be afraid to be weird because a lot of times it's those those weird ideas, those different ideas that make fantasy books stand out. Mm -hmm. I mean, because even fantasy fantasy is a, is a whole different world from other uh, commercial fiction, but you still have 
your stereotypes and your cliches in fantasy. And so I would say, understand what those are and then and be brave and just do, do something weird, do something different that you wouldn't see and, and just go with it. So those would probably be the two, the two big ones. But isn't it also like a, you know, to be the devil's advocate for a second, isn't it a saturated marketplace now though for this genre? Isn't it tough to You get know, there? I think it depends because there's so many subgenres of fantasy. Um, romantic fantasy is really big right now. Uh, paranormal is kind of starting to come back. I've heard a lot of people say that young adult fantasy is very saturated. So I think it's it's getting harder to break into young adult fantasy. And I also think it's a little tricky to break into epic. So epic fantasies are like George R. R. Martin and, and Brandon Sanderson, George, um, Robert Jordan, because epic fantasy novels are so big. They take yeah. up a lot of, of shelf space, you know, at, at your local Barnes and Noble. And so they have to be a big hit to dedicate that much shelf space to them. And we already have so many big hitters in epic fantasy. I think it's a little trickier to break into that one as well. So I think it depends on the subgenre. Yeah, that's interesting, uh, you know, to think about shelf space with that. Mm-hmm. Are, is there a genre, help me out, I may be speaking completely, you know, with being ignorant here. Are there short story fantasy books? Is that a thing? <laughs> um, there's definitely a lot of novellas out there with, uh, what is it called? Kindle Vela just came out. So I know a lot of fantasy people's, people are on Amazon on Kindle doing Kindle Vela, uh, doing like serial stuff. I actually was a member of the Deep Magic uh, e-zine, which did short fiction for fantasy. Unfortunately, it did close this year, but there was definitely a market for it. I know like Clark's World still does still does um, fantastical short stories, and there's a bunch of magazines if you want. I call it toilet fiction if you want short stories <laughs> that are fantastical. So yeah, there definitely are, especially with self-publishing becoming such a big thing. Uh, page length and word count is becoming more fudgeable because generally speaking, when you have a fantasy novel, I would say no shorter than 70,000 words for a book. Whereas like a contemporary novel might be 50 fantasy tends to run longer, but with anybody being able to put their stuff up on Amazon, we're seeing a ton of novellas. We see a ton of anthologies. So we see fiction of all different lengths now. I mean, if you go to your local bookstore, you're, you're going to see all the longer lengths, but yeah. if you have an e-reader or like the Kindle app on your phone, there's lots and lots of opportunities out there. So what's next in, in the fantasy world? If we could tell, we would all be bestsellers. <laughs> <laughs> but I know vampires are, are coming back right now. Fae are still really popular thanks to Sarah Mass. They're really popular. But, you know, you never know three years from now. Who knows? Epic fantasy might make a big resurgence because the Wheel of Time just came out and the the Amazon series. And so a lot of people are going to start looking into that as well. I there's so many places it could go, but I I think it's definitely the fantasy popularity is here to stay. I think you're right about that. It's too strong. And and you see it in other media too, you know, television, movies, like mm-hmm. you had mentioned before. I mean, it's not just it's not just books. It's uh every creative storytelling platform you can think of has got fantasy. I mean, games, you know, obviously mm-hmm. video games, right? What's the next thing for you? The next thing for me, I have oh, I have so many things coming out next year. <laughs> um, I have Starfather, which is a companion novel to Star Mother, and that releases in March. And then I have a new series, which is a historical American fantasy. And the first book called Keeper of Enchanted Rooms is coming out in September next year. 
And then the middle of the year, I actually am doing my first contemporary romance series. So this like little tiny break from fantasy. You're shaking your head at me. You have a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I thought I had a lot of stuff going on. You really have a lot of stuff. You're like putting out, you're like putting out TV shows. I mean, think about it. I mean, tell any producers, you know. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're putting out episodes of a TV show. You're, you're prolific. So. Do, you, do you find that, that that's just your nature or do you feel pressure to do that? Um, I would say 80%. It's my nature. I, I don't like not writing, you know, I, once mm-hmm. as I finish a project, I want to move on to my next project. I'm always thinking of story ideas. I do think at this point, I kind of, I'm known for being prolific. So I feel the need to continue being prolific. Sure. So I mean, right now it's still working out in the future. Who knows? So as long as I'm taking care of my mental health, I think it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all need to do that. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time with us today. It's great. Um, I wish you a lot of luck with Star Mother. I wish you a lot of luck with the song that goes with it and all the other stuff you're doing. It's fun to talk to uh, people who are writing in this genre because you're always you're always very excited about it. I really love that. I love that. Come join us on the dark side, David. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thanks, Charlie. You can find more about uh, Charlie N. Holmberg and her books at charliennholmberg.com. H-O-L-M-B-E-R-G. This has been episode 22 of the Writer's Shed podcast. I'm David W. Berner. Our music is from iRay Music Production and Interviews, as always, produced inside the shed. You can find out more about Writer's Shed Press at writershedpress.com and at the Writer's Shed on Medium. You can also sign up for our newsletter there and follow us on Twitter at Writer's Shed Press. The Writer's Shed is available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.